Hello, everybody, and welcome to the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. I'm your host, as always, Pylon, and tonight we've got some fun things to talk about that are kind of real-world Elder Scrolls-ish things, which will be a lot of fun. Anyways, as always, we have a fun crew with us, and below me is Lost in Hyrule, so I'll let him introduce himself so that we can get on with the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Lost in Hyrule. I serve as a moderator on the UESP Discord and do some editing upon the wiki. And then I show up on this podcast regularly. Regularly. Though there was a little while where you stopped showing up, but... You did stop showing up for, like, an it was like two or two months or so. It was a while. We missed you. I don't think that's so. I think I kept interspersing in the middle. It was, like, one I didn't show up on, one where it got canceled, one where I was sick. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think it was a full was like a stretch where I wasn't here. Arc and, like, an anime where like you had to go train because i had to be stronger yeah i like that I there was the probably a montage. time chamber yeah Maybe. and then anyway, you I'm learned like... that your true strength <laughs> was your friendship and you came back it wasn't his tweets was it no it wasn't his <laughs> tweets that voice you hear from the lovely island of great britain is kiz kiz do you want to introduce yourself for anybody who I'm, might not know who you are i'm a patroller on the wiki i do wiki editing, try and help out with questions on the Discord, and I do some streaming in the week as well. Awesome. And I'm going to mix back to AKB in the middle just to throw him off. And AKB, do you want to let everybody know who you are? Eddie, I'm AKB. I come from the UESP. I've been there for about, I want to say like a decade. I'm trying to figure out what accent you're doing right now. Yeah, I... But I was trying to do an accent at the beginning because <laughs> you were like, oh, yeah, uh, Kiz has an accent. It's true. And I can't really do accents that well. I need to work on that. I'm uh, also terrible I'm at accents. A- I'm a KB. I've been a USB admin for about 10 or so years. I'm not very good at accents. And I occasionally do this podcast every now and then. And last but not least, we have Alara up in the corner, the champion of Tamriel. So, I'm Alara, and I do a little bit of everything on the I um, admin on the forum and Discord. I edit the wiki and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, that's us. So why don't we pop over and talk about our scholarly pursuits? Well, the scholarly Cor- pursuits bumper seems to be broken, so you got a nice black screen there, everybody. <laughs> I'll try to fix that while Alara <laughs> goes first and tells us what she's been up to this week. <laughs> well, I've been uh, playing a lot of ESO, working my way through the rift. With, uh, you know, the chapter going into uh, Skyrim again. Uh, I've also been uh, doing a lot of editing and looking for a call to arms. Very, very cool. Uh, anything else you've been working on at all? Not really. Not really. The editing for Call to Arms, so does that mean you've got all the rule sets and stuff for that? Um, like I, just... I have the... I do have the PDFs. You got the PDFs. Really, yeah. But, I mean, I've been adding the pages. Like, right now I have one for all of, like, the character figures, one of all the scenery, and I'm working on getting... Um, uh, pages like about the different books like a list of contents you know picture of the cover and stuff very very so, cool yep trying to fill out those pages awesome lost what have you been up to so also progress in eso i got through all of canarthy's roost and then 
I think just yesterday I finished off the rest of Oradon. So I'm about ready to get on the boat, leave Oradon, and go to... Is Grotwood next? I think I so. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm trying okay. to remember. It's been so long since I've done the like main story in order. Yeah, Elbury Dominion is... Uh, it's Grotwood. Uh, yeah. Northeast West, Ardon, Grotwood, Greenshade, Mild Baltor, and, and Reaper's then, March. Yeah. Perfect. So I love I'm getting ready to go on pronouns listed. <laughs> getting ready to go on two section two out of five of the main old Mary Dominion zones, working through Cadwell's Gold. So that's been fun. I enjoyed it. It was kind of cool going into Oblivion Gates and dealing with the Deadlands again very briefly at the end of that quest line in Oradon. Sort of cool. Came out of nowhere. I didn't expect it, but it was still neat. And then Call to Arms, again, something we're going to touch on in the news, but I've been reading through all of the material I can on that and getting very excited. And I did a craft. I don't think I had the craft ready last week, so the craft is new, but we'll deal with that later, too. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I've also been working on Cabal's Gold. I finished up the... Or I've almost finished up. I think I have, like, a quest turn-in left to do in Alakir Desert, Uh, and then I'm going over to Bankarai, and I think that's the last zone I have to do total, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited about. And then I'll be completely done Cadwell's Gold. I can get my sweet hat and be done with that for a while. But did you double check that you did all the weird side quests? Yes. Like, did you check? I'm, okay. going through the, I'm going through the journal and making sure that those ones are the ones that are done. Because you would think, I always, when I first started doing it in silver, I was like, oh, I'll just follow the main story and that'll be fine. Nope. There's like weird ones where it's like the, what is it? The, uh, Pariah Temple, I think it is. Yes. Yeah, that one. I That's was like, the exact com- one. Completely missed that one. Okay, cool. Didn't know that was there. Um, I never knew a side quest that was. It's super a side quest. It doesn't yeah. even kind of seem like it should be relevant to the main story arc, and you still have to go do it. Yeah, it was super it's weird. weird. Yeah. So I've been working on that. Um, I've been going into Blades actually and playing through all of the. Um, forest jobs that i can get to pop up which has been most of them i assume they've turned that on intentionally and we'll talk about why i'm doing that in the news in a little bit um i did the prologue quest for graymore which was awesome uh go do it i won't talk about it yet but go do it like now it's so fun and i'm so high i'm so excited for skyrim i thought elsewhere was great but i never get excited about a desert zone in any video game so now that we're in the land of ice and snow, it feels like home. I'm going to be excited to go back to Skyrim. So I'm like super, super hyped to get into Skyrim. So that'll be awesome for me. Um, other than that, yeah, I'm just still stuck in my home and I've lost track of days now completely. I didn't realize it was even podcast day until about like noon because <laughs> just had no idea what was going on. Um, yeah, he's named our chat can or our Skype uh, group for this. I don't know what day it is. I literally don't know what the days are, and it's starting <laughs> to drive me crazy because it's just like every day is kind of the same when you don't leave your house. But it's fine. We're doing what we need to. If you're listening, make sure you are also keeping yourself locked in and not going and infecting people or getting any problems like that. Hey, KB, what have you been up to? Well. Pylon, funny you should ask, Dead. Desert Zones. Uh, I've been playing through the Alkir Desert <laughs> in ESO. Uh, even though it shouldn't really be called Alkir Desert, because that's a different region of uh, Hammerfell, but ignoring that, I've been having a pretty good time. 
uh, covers a good portion of the Alec here, doesn't it? Like it, they, the two relate to each other. It's not a hundred percent of the same terrain, but it's yes. an okay zone name. I'm just saying, like we we were shown where uh, the Alkir Desert was, and it's not in Sentinel. Like, yeah, but it's the area near Sentinel, isn't it? If you go like five thousand miles southeast, I don't, I don't think it's think that, that far. far. I think it's pretty close. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Do I have your permission, my lord? <laughs> More work? More work? I have no idea what's happening right now. But have you been up to anything else at KP? <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, I've been having a good time because it's like a... It's like the stupidest zombie movie I can ever imagine. Like, it's legitimately fun because it's ridiculous... But they explained it in universe why this is ridiculous. So yeah. I'm okay with it. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, the problem in the Alkir Desert Zone in Elder Scrolls Online is that necromancers have invaded uh, the region. But because of the Red Guard religion, Red Guards can't kill race dead. So they literally don't have any good response to this <laughs> besides the tribe of uh, banished Red Guards called the Ashaba. Uh, so basically, you Who run around. Hate. Yes, they also hate them because, because they they're kill willing zombies. to fight zombies. Yeah. Makes sense to me. You're running around fighting the dumbest zombie apocalypse possible. That's only possible because... Because they refuse to kill them. Because no one wants to fight them. Yeah. Uh, what made it funny for me is there's this one town in it, uh, Bergama. Yeah. And there's this magistrate there magistrate soma and she contacted the necromancer leader we're like please spare this down please accept this bribe and the necromancer wrote back and says you see we aren't really after money we're after corpses here here here's here's a different deal give me a corpse from one of your townspeople for every 10 gold you just offered me (laughs) and she goes for it yep at 10 gold per person in her town and she's going like well it was my only option besides actually fighting the zombies I can't do that so I'm just gonna murder everyone in my town it's a they had to know that this was some silly stuff it's fun though they poke fun at it a few times so yeah it's a good time I also like, do like that the DC zones are like vampires, werewolves, zombies. Like, it's every cliche horror movie in a different zone. Lost or muted. But plant zombies. Plant zombies. Plants versus zombies. Ooh. Yeah. And that's where they got the idea. Yeah. Actually, no, it's um, Little Pet Shop of Horrors. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me. Literally every horror movie ever. We've done it. Uh, but I, I've been up to a lot of other stuff, but, you know, I, I I feel like I actually told a story in this segment uh, for once, and normally I don't. I just rant against concepts, so since I've successfully told a story, I'm just going to go like, but, you know, eh, whatever about the rest of the stuff I've been doing. Sounds good to me. Kids, what have you been up to? I've been playing ESO. What? A lot. What? What? I know, it's very unusual for me. So I've played through 
whatever. I can't remember any of the, the zone names. Morrowind's Mainland, I did. Gardenfell, Thieves Guild, and Dark Brotherhood this week. So I've had a busy week of it. But work's slowing down now, and it's finishing next week for me, so I'll be in the same boat as Pylon, where leaving the house isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, so as of Friday, I will be quarantined. Uh, other than that, done a three streams this week, and on the wiki, had a really fun day the other day where I spent about eight hours repointing 500 wiki links. But other than that, not a lot. Well, then that's probably a good time to pop over and talk about our news. Let's see if the uh, bumper actually works. First thing of news, I actually fixed something live that didn't break everything when I tried to do it. So, <laughs> hooray to me. Uh, See, we... he, now I should have, what I should have done there is I should have cut out my video yeah. and <laughs> got, gone silent. Yeah, and just like, hello, hello. Uh, before we get started in the news, I just want to thank all of our newest Patreon members, and especially of our Elven tier and higher, we have Zachary Root, B. Sullivan, and Theral. So thank you guys for joining us in Patreon. And remember, if you want to support the podcast, the website, the Discord server, and basically everything else that UESP does, you can join us at patreon.com slash UESP. Really easy to remember. So hope to see you guys there sometime soon. Uh, I don't think there's really much UESP news other than that, though. So Alara, do you want to get us over started on the ESO news so we can have some more acronyms? Okay. So, yeah, so first of all, there's patch notes, nothing really big, just minor bug fixes. Yeah, we mentioned it last week, but I think we really mentioned in passing. We're like, oh, I think there was a patch, and I don't think we actually went into it. So, yeah, there was just minor notes there. It wasn't It wasn't in the dock. It was not in the dock. Okay. There's also, um, there have been some Steam login issues on the PC Mac. EU server, those are resolved, and a client restart may be required if issues persist. Very, very cool. So um, some of the. I was gonna say, so like, if you haven't, I think they fixed them on like Saturday or something like that. So if you haven't restarted your client since <laughs> then, I refuse. Why? Why are you doing this? I need to fix it. It's not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, some of the things that are still, uh, we had uh, brought up last week, some events that are ongoing. Um, first of all is the Jubilee. This continues until uh, Tuesday, April 14th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can get three event tickets for eating a slice of the 2020 Jubilee cake and an additional two more by defeating bosses. So a total of five per day. And right now the first two berries of the ice breath and drink are available. I just realized I've been and forgetting to eat my cake. Well, you better eat it then. <laughs> I need to really eat the cake. I've been doing my writ dailies and entirely forgetting to eat the cake again. Ugh. Yeah, so aside, aside from the uh, event tickets, there's also a box you can earn for doing dailies, whether it's like crafting or, you know, daily quests in the different zones, world bosses, stuff like that, dungeons. So you can get boxes that have crafting materials, transportation crystals, uh, style pages, motif pages. All kinds of stuff. 
Another thing still ongoing is their uh, sales and free play. Right now, both ESO itself and uh, Crowns are on sale, and that goes until the uh, 15th of April, I believe. Uh, or no, Crowns are until the, today, actually, on PC, Mac, and Xbox One. And 15th is for uh, PS4. PS4, yes. So, yeah, if you're on PC, Mac, and Xbox One, you want to buy your crowns on sale, do it tonight. <laughs> yeah, I think it's literally like at midnight they're going off. So. Okay. And if you um, are new to the game and want to try it out, there's, it's uh, currently the base game is free to play. It goes until the 13th of April. Very, very cool. Um, I, one, oh, go ahead. Yeah, one last thing for ESO then is uh, if you gift event tickets, you get four Gloomspark rights. So you have to gift five or more event tickets to anyone in the game. doesn't have to be the same person. And then you'll receive your four crates after the Jubilee event. I really want to get the group crates, but my ESO Plus doesn't renew until like next month. So I won't have the crowns. So I'm like, oh, do I just buy crowns and do this? They're on sale. Dilemmas, dilemmas, dilemmas. You yeah. can buy them and not get anything again. I know. That's what I want to see. I want to see what mounts I cannot <laughs> get in the crown crates uh, for the Gloom Sport because they look so good. The Guar mount is like my favorite thing that's ever been in the game. And I know for a fact I'm just not going to get it. But Yeah, the Apex mounts have really cool particle effects. Yeah. Like I get... I had gotten the Resplendent Sweet Roll so I could basically pick whatever one I wanted. Oh, that's and nice. so I, yeah, so I got the uh, Wolf and so like when it howls, it's got like this glowing like green like sparkles like the spores it's just so cool yeah sh- uh quick shout out to uh Zoss for altering the probability so i keep on getting the apex mounts that uh pylon should get yeah i know you just keep like <laughs> destroying my luck there but what are you gonna do so i'm just gonna see if i can fix any of the stream here because it's just having a little bit of a struggle bus today um it's all right lost is going to sleep anyway yeah lost is we've lost lost we lost lost um awesome but speaking of lost do you want to let us know what happened in legends this week so there was a gauntlet over the weekend and it was a sort of cool one called the campfire gauntlet instead of the field lane you had the campfire lane and anytime you summoned a creature there it copied all of its keywords over to all the other creatures you already had there so definitely some keyword-focused gameplay available for that. And to make it focused, they reduced deck size minimums to 40 and 60 for tri-attribute. So a cool-sounding one. I didn't participate. Busy weekends. But sounds fun, and I'm glad that for those that are still around, they keep doing cool little ways to keep the game flavorful. Um, in other oh, no. news, we have Blades... Uh, the Spirit of the Hunt event. This is actually really cool. I actually think this is kind of fun the way that they're doing it is they're giving a w- rewards away between April 3rd and the 16th for every every player for however many jobs they complete. So if you do if if every player in the game completes 100,000 forest jobs, um you get a weekend of free skill resets. If you do 100 if everybody does 150,000 jobs, there'll be two gold chests added to that. And if there's 200,000 jobs completed, they're going to give away elder, scro- elder chests to everybody. They're giving away Elder Scrolls to everybody. I think that would be funny. <laughs> you oh. get an Elder Scroll and you, you get, get an, an Elder Scroll. <laughs> um, so it's kind of cool the way that they're doing it. It's like trying to encourage more, I would assume, people logging in and playing the game. Um, which I think is a lot of fun. So 
I looked at it the other day and I was going to, but then none of my jobs were forest jobs and I had other stuff to go do with my day. But also a lot of my jobs, I'm level 38, but they're like, oh, this one recommends you should be level 43 for it. Like, why is it on my list? (laughs) How is five levels higher something you're recommending to me? I don't think any of them were for my level. They were all level 40 and up, and I don't get why. Uh, They wanted to do a level up. Or they wanted you to lose badly. And I don't think my gear's anything special. It's not like it's high enough level that I can take those challenges. It's just, that was odd. Yeah. I know I could have cycled some challenges or some quests and it would have been okay, but just a weird. That's super weird. Yeah, but that's all there really is going on in Blades right now. I'm excited to see what new things are coming up. Um, and then I guess I'll save the next little bit of news and we'll switch over to our topic because it's going to be included there. Okay, so tonight we're going to talk a little bit of the Call to Arms PDF release. So Call to Arms is the miniature game that they're releasing that's based in the Skyrim era. And they have finally released all the rule set, the quest sets, and things like that. So I know Alara and Lost have been hard at work doing some research on it. So why don't I get you guys to start off with what the kind of the news was there. So Alara. I'll defer to Alara first as the wiki <laughs> editor. Yes. To cover which part? Start start off with the news, the blog post there. Okay. So the news for uh, Call to Arms for this week, um, we announced last week that uh, they'd be making the PDFs of the rulebook and the uh, introductory Escape from Helgen quest. And also the uh, quest, there's like an extra um, quest book available. And uh, the quest one is only free for pre-order, but the other two are free. So they did release those this past week, and they have published a new blog post about it. And basically, it announces the release, and it explains that they couldn't really make a PDF of the cards easily, because they'd have to convert that, and there's a lot of cards, and it just wasn't really feasible for them to do. That seems fair. And a lot of them are double-sided as well. So the way I read the post is that they might still release them as PDF at some point, but doing so quickly and putting it out wasn't possible so Mm -hmm. if it happens it's not happening soon yeah now this isn't considered the actual release of the game yet it's just kind of a you know it's like an early preview basically Mm -hmm. they still um as we said last week they're closed for a few weeks the warehouses they're going to see how things are they're hoping if it opens up again that they'll be shipping in may but it's still undecided for sure at this point very very so With that, you can't really formally play the game yet because the cards are where all the statistics are for different units. But you get a really cool look because you can understand the full rules of the game and the scenarios that it's starting with. So you can understand a lot about how the game is going to flow. And there are images of some of the cards built throughout the rulebooks and such. So with enough ingenuity, you could play very limited versions of the game and start testing it out. Homebrew it. So this isn't directly related to what they released, but because we know what units are coming out and you can use any figurines you want for it, I did make my own. They're tiny little cartoon characters. (laughs) They are so cute. (laughs) Did you draw those yourself or are they like 
found them on the there's internet. a token generator called doug rich on like tokens.dougrich.net that allows you to generate these and Amazing. he for D. so you get to grab from a bunch of little parts and put them all together so mm-hmm. i composed these on that tool editor and i'm That's showing so off fun. i've got a dragonborn this is rayloff and irserald thrice pierced I've got Hadvar, Imperial Mage, Stormcloaks, and Imperials. I've got little skeleton archers that are just tiny. All these <laughs> characters are basically spherical characters or circular, but they're really fun and cute. And have little mustaches and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I've made up my figurines for playing the game, but I can't really effectively play it till I get the cards. I also, because apparently scenery is a huge part of this game, I'm going to have to start making up some cartoon bushes and cartoon rocks and outcroppings and walls and stuff so I can decorate my table with them. I will have the cutest version of Elder Scrolls. That is my goal. <laughs> Chibi Elder Scrolls. I love it. So... Probably the best part to, or best place to start now would be talking about what they have released. Because we know they don't have the player cards out, or the character cards out there. So we can't talk about stats. We don't know how the game's balanced or things like that. But what have they actually released so far? And what does that give us? So the two uh, f- that are free to everyone are the uh, core rule book and the Escape from Helgen introductory quest. The core rule book is... Uh, about a hundred page booklet that has just about everything. It's got, you know, how to use the terrain, it's just everything. How to move, how to attack, yeah. how to do all the different. Yeah. And then the um, Escape from Hugin introductory quest, it's a series of uh, tutorials that teach you a little bit of the game at the time. So the first one is basically just really simple how to move. Which is instance. super funny because I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, when was the last time you did something that had a tutorial built in? That wasn't a video game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this when was the last time, is... like, Monopoly tutorial happened? Like, it's always just play with your friends. You're like, oh, well, I guess I'll just, uh, let's just do the first round for fun, just so we figure it out. Actually, smart that they've built, like, a whole campaign around, like, a tutorial. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not very common, but I, I have a, a tabletop war game from, like, 1967 that I got from my father-in-law, <laughs> And it does have a, here's the intro, the rules you need for this scenario. Now we're going to build on the rules and here you use these for the next scenario. So that is sort of a measured Maybe that's a tabletop thing. That tutorial type. Yeah, so this one, they introduce you like, here's three pages of rules. Now here's your first scenario. The Dragonborn has escaped into the dungeons beneath Helgen and they need to get some equipment so they can be safe. So you just move around and you open up treasure chests. And then they teach you like two more pages of rules. And now you, the, they found some targets. They're going to practice their archery skills and practice against a training dummy with their weapons. And then before they escape, they encounter a Draugr and a skeleton archer. And so they introduce you to combat with a few more rules. And they say, okay, great. Now go read the rule book for the rest of the stuff. <laughs> so it is straight up just it's the tutorial for the, for the game. basic things you need to know how to do. But then. Which is awesome. I think that's really clever. Yeah, and then, like at, that. really as Alara said, the rulebook goes into a lot of stuff, and I don't know if it's well organized, but it felt well organized to me. Like I think things had a good yeah. natural flow between topics. I don't analyze psychology; I don't know for sure, but it seems like it was well grouped, and you could easily find what you need to find on different topics on it. Mm-hmm. And, there's and there's a lot to this game. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Alara. There's uh, also quick start guides basically inside it, which 
make it a lot easier to refer back to as well. Yes, absolutely. And the index is quite good too, which when it comes to rule books, that should actually be, I think, an important criteria. <laughs> this one works well for that. <laughs> but there's so much Skyrim-esque stuff inside this game. So you've got your three attributes. You've got your health, magicka, and stamina. And you use those in very Elder scrolls ways. Like if you're moving, you move at a certain speed, but you can spend some stamina to sprint and get a little further. You can spend stamina to steady your aim when you're using a bow or to do a power strike when you're melee attacking. You can spend magic cast spells if you're a spellcaster, and then you can spend extra to boost them. There's a lot of really cool flavor baked in. And I think one of the things they talked about in one of their dev diaries is that they wanted to try to have the essence of Elder Scrolls without having tons and tons of bookkeeping. So how do you boil that down? And just reading the rules, it really comes through. That's really cool. And then, so one of the other major aspects of the game is that there's quests, right? How do the mm -hmm. quests kind of work in, in Call to Arms? Laura, do you want to go for it? Um, okay. And you're like, I so, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really looked at the quest book as much, but basically oh, okay. uh, it's split into different types of scenarios. So uh, scenarios might include specific types of terrain, special rules. Uh, there's things called O's, like I'm going to destroy this many enemy creatures, whatever, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so there's battle modes, there's delve modes and it does also have a campaign in the book and it looks like it's a two-player one. Oh, cool so the the two modes of the game if we've never talked about it before delve mode is single player or cooperative play against ai adversaries so you're in a, your adventurers going in to deal with some situation or i guess there's other ways to think about it too but you're dealing with ai opponents and then battle mode is two different armies or forces like clashing two, with one two another. Players or two players, or is that yeah. AI thing as well? I've, two players. So, so that's it would kind be of like, the traditional war games that you, comes to mind when you think about those, I would assume. Yep. Yeah, like the so, one that you would go to someone's, you would go to like a store. War, what's and the, see people playing in the yeah, back. Yeah. You'd be like, what are so, those things? Those are really cool. And then you look at a price tag and go, <laughs> So the... The starting figures and the way the starting scenarios are set up, it's basically Imperials versus Stormcloaks. And so it'd be one Imperial player versus one Stormcloak Storm <laughs> Storm player fighting each other. But adversaries, so Draugr or bears or wolves or things like that, might appear in the fight and disrupt and add chaos to the situation. So you might have other things interfering with your battle between the two players. Much like in Skyrim, sometimes you're out in the wilderness and yeah. another creature wanders in from the side. And quests are actually something that's sort of in addition to all of this. So those scenarios, you know, set up how the actual fight goes. But quests are cards you get, and sometimes they're story-based quests, sometimes they're radiant-based quests that are more generic. And doing quests can both get you victory points in a given scenario, but it also might give you progress or items or things like that that will affect you throughout multiple scenarios if you keep playing in a campaign type situation well that's cool in the quest book they outline five five or six different six different 
battle scenarios, so player versus player things. And then the campaign that they put forth is a flow chart, essentially, of have this battle. Whoever wins, then you go to a certain other battle as the follow-up for that with modifiers on what's happening in it. Oh, that's cool. Then, based on the outcome of that one, you go to a third fight, and it basically tells a short little story between the three different fights that you'll do and how the situation unfolds. And that one sounds really, really fun just because they had some good little bits of writing mixed in with it. Like, depending on how many people win, you can have an overwhelming victory at the end of the three, or you can have a Pyrrhic victory, which means you won the last fight, but you lost all of them before that. <laughs> you can have a minor victory, minor defeat. So all of that sounds cool. They've got some cool flavor text to it. And they call that a campaign. So multiple battle scenarios together is a campaign. And is that a multiplayer or a single player thing or both? That's multiplayer. That's, multiplayer. that's only the multiplayer, yeah. And then for Delves, that's where you're doing single player or co-op play. Those, they have multiple strings together for an adventure. So they list out the Bleak Falls Barrow adventure, which is the Dragonborn. Well, they intend it to be a Dragonborn and a few other heroes delving into Bleak Falls Barrow. And they have three different Delves in a row that have you going in and dealing with the undead then striving to find the golden claw inside the <laughs> barrows oh the then getting claw. through the puzzle door and dealing with a very powerful creature inside a sarcophagus and a lots of other treasure all sitting around him. do you get to marry the woman after you return the golden claw that <laughs> is not part of this book well then but the narrative expansions are coming later so maybe <laughs> in the next books i don't know that's funny no i'm just yep there's gonna yeah, there's going to be more expansions to uh, the different factions. There's going to be, um, yeah, the mode where you, uh, like, was it building a settlement? Mm -hmm. um, card expansions, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I believe a campaign book as well. Quite yeah. a few things coming. And that's just for chapter one, which is uh, Civil War. So that, based on their original plans, it was supposed to go till summer of this year. It's probably going to push a little bit farther out with the whole delays, but... All right. A lot of content coming. Yeah, this the starting piece sounds really, really fun. And I, I mentioned the quests briefly. So that's even more story stuff that we've got no clue about now. They had a picture of one card, and I'll spoil this now. <laughs> it's a quest where you say that there's rifts being opened up all over and that there's a special Sigic artifact that can probably help you deal with it. And it's a quest to go and recover the Augur of the Obscure, which, which is, is so cool that they're bringing a quest line in ESO. Yeah. It's happening in Skyrim because temporal anatomy, temporal anomalies, they can do whatever they want, I suppose. Yeah, that's so cool that they've brought in like that goes to show a lot of what they're actually working on with this. And it's not just like a one off. Let's try to double down on Skyrim. Yes. Lore. The fact yeah, that they're they, bringing in lore that literally didn't exist outside of ESO, really. like, Yeah, and keep in mind, too, that this isn't going to be just a Skyrim game. The first wave is Skyrim, but they are planning to bring in, you know, the Oblivion. So we're probably going to see a lot of stuff, and I'm excited for it. So I started to look through uh, the manual, and it's honestly a fun read, too. Yeah. For example, uh, for Got this some good little snippet in it. For this one uh, segment uh, for uh, a break, Breaking Dawn is a quest in it, and it has uh, civilians in the scenario. And its description of civilians is as such: 
Civilians have a habit of running around in a panic, getting in the way, and generally causing a nuisance. Civilians usually remain stationary and are treated as enemy models with a height level of two. Adversaries treat them as enemies, but will always target a player-controlled model in preference if possible. (laughs) (laughs) They do tend to do that, though. That's true. There's another thing with them where if you attack... Uh, a civilian they just automatically are destroyed like using the attack action means you remove them they got taken down but every time every time you remove one you have to roll a die on a certain die result you lose a victory point oh so victory points are obviously abstracted to some degree to represent lots of different things in a scenario but clearly killing them is sometimes bad because at some point it's an unacceptable casualty and they're like, no, people are going to not favor you. That's bad yeah. for your war effort. You killed the blacksmith. <laughs> uh, they've got other stuff in there, like dealing with weather. They've got rules for if you start a scenario in the wilderness, you might have a blizzard. And a blizzard, each round might be impacting visibility to a certain extent. And then you just can't see beyond a certain range, which could limit archers and casters. There's a scenario set up for the break of dawn where you start in darkness and every turn there's a chance that it becomes daylight. So you're moving from darkness into daylight while the first few turns of the adventure are going on. And they use that for one of the battle scenarios, which is attacking an enemy camp. So they've got tents set up with some treasure in them. They've got them huddled around their campfires and then an attacking force comes just before dawn and starts striking them. This entire thing's very evocative, and I really want to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the terrain it brings in too. Um, there's, uh, first of all, even without any of the special, you know, rocks and stuff, you can have normal terrain, difficult terrain, like going through deep water. Um, there's uh, different height levels, which will determine whether you can get past something. There's uh, like damage for falling. The, oh, that's there's funny. just so that, much in this. Yeah. I guess that makes shouts more important, too, so you can push someone off the edge. <laughs> all in yeah. all, it's kind of set up so that like, you can really do anything you want. Like, you could yeah. do, uh, you could do like, traditional tabletop questing. You can do uh, wargaming. You can even do single-player stuff, which is kind of unexpected. I think it's so much I'm, fun. I haven't fully grokked the AI system yet, but it's pretty cool what it seems to promise. We might, like, maybe someone will get super bored and recreate it in, like, a tabletop simulator, and we'll be able to, like, play it together uh, easily. Or we could just get, Uh, we'll get a camera set up over Lost's little chibi call to arms (laughs) set up, and then we'll play it over that way. I will have the best cardboard scenery you could imagine. (laughs) (laughs) You need to find thinner cardboard, though. It's hard to cut with scissors. So I think the only thing we haven't talked about is the adventure, right? I think we've covered pretty much everything else we know. Uh, I did mention that the Bleak Fall Barrows bit. You did cover that already? Then I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Uh, Laura, did you have something? Uh, I was just going to say, like, the actual official models are... They look so good, and I wish they're, I had the money to buy them. I want to see them. Yeah, I really want to see them once they're out. So, yeah, if you uh, if you guys are interested in what they look like, I have all the known ones on the wiki right now. Oh, very cool. 
It's very good. And the scenery that they're releasing is also really high quality. There's a the lot of detail. Up, they're like, whoa. The sets look great. And I just need to make sure that my cardboard stuff is cartoony enough that I'm okay with it <laughs> as a substitute. I just need to draw some big swirly patterns on some pieces of cardboard that make it look like stone walls and then set those up with tiny little standees. Make it look like a elementary school play. It'll be perfect. I'm literally terrified because so, my cat right now is walking over my power bar like and like stepping on oh it. No. I keep trying to like, <laughs> like, so if I disappear quickly, you'll know why. Well, before that happens, everyone that has even a passing interest, go check out the rulebook just to see what the game would kind of feel like. There seems to be a lot of potential here and keep your eyes on it. Yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm excited to see where else they go from here, too. They've got the flashcards or whatever the cards are called coming up soon. And then they've got all the new story stuff that's going to be. So I think it's going to be awesome. So we just need physical shipping to resume. Yeah, I know. Yep. Let's just end all this, of the lockdown. Yes. It's definitely just an inconvenient time for everything. Oh, I know. Like, even just like news for the other games this year, it's like, because everyone's like, well, we're working from home now. So tempo is a little bit slower than it was before. So I think it'll be a little mm. bit of a. Oh, yeah. I think. For a while. Yeah, that reminds me too. Um, something we didn't have in the news. Uh, they made a post on the like official Bethesda forums that like the Creation Club content for uh, Skyrim is going to be delayed because of it. Yeah. Oh. So they, um, even though creators are working on them right now, they're not going to be able to get them out really anytime no. soon. So everything's just a little bit slower. Like it's just yeah. the way it works. It's like you can't have that meeting with that person in the office to like get an update. You have to like schedule a call with them, and then they're not free until like so. There's just things that slow down right now, but I think it's just one of those things that everybody kind of has to just accept that's the way it is. That's what's going to have to happen for the little while to make sure that everybody stays as safe as possible. But with that, I think it's probably a good place to end it for tonight. A little bit of a shorter show, so you can get a nice little quick UESP fix in your week uh, this time. But on behalf of myself, Lost, AKB, Kiz, and Alara, we hope you're all having a fantastic week and you have some great adventures in Nern. Goodbye, everybody. Barry Wright is a jerk.